0: And we are back on Backseat Carpool Manter. I'm your host, Sam, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jonathan, and as always, a very special guest, Justin Brown, former wide receiver in the NFL, who played for the Steelers and the Bills, who now works closely with student athletes and professionals in the workplace. Stick around for Mr. Brown's stories and our great conversations. You don't want to miss this. Welcome to Backseat Carpool Manter.
1: Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. It's a pleasure having you on.
2: Appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me on the show.
1: Yeah, so as, you know, we connected on LinkedIn and we started uh, talking on on there. But as I started researching you more to to be prepared for this podcast, you were a very interesting person. Uh, The more I actually researched about you, the more I was intrigued. Can you tell us any personal stories about how you overcame adversity throughout your entire life that have helped you come to where you are at now in your life.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, adversity—I mean, it's, I feel like it's always been a part of you know my life. Um, just you know being you know born and raised in, in Wilmington, Delaware, um, blue-collar family. You know, just always seeing and having that example of you know two parents that worked hard and were always coming adversity, whether they let it, us know about it or not. Um, so just instilling that um from losing my house at you know or, or watching my house burn down um it, when I was fourteen um and overcoming that and, and understanding the uncertainty and um, adversities with overcoming that um at the same time of you know even having certain challenges on and academically um in my career um you know early in high school and, and realizing that you know my pathway to the d1 division one lead, division one route wasn't necessarily always guaranteed uh so you know, even to, you know, different levels of transferring at the, the collegiate level, right, from one university to another and understanding there was uncertainty and there was some adversity in that from, uh, you, know, be, you know, battling and, you know, to uh, the, the professional level and, and continue to try to just work and, you know, stick on the team and, and working through some of the injuries that kind of got me to where I'm doing what I'm doing today, right? So um, adversity is just, I feel as though it's just something that comes with life. We all experience it. Um at at each and every single different stage or how we transition into it, um but it's understanding and having a plan to uh overcome it, right having like systems with people that are gonna help us kind of overcome those those points of adversity that we're gonna that we're bound to run into so that's pretty much what adversity has always kind of meant um and it still means to me today I was just in those uh it's just a situation that you have to learn to deal with um and have a situation and plan or people to kind of help assist you through them
0: yeah, and it's not even just overcoming it, but it's becoming a bigger person. It's growing from from these things. So how do you think that's applied uh, from what we found you from, which is through football? So how do you think that you've taken these life challenges that you've experienced early on and applied it uh, to improving as an athlete and then later on after you retired um, as a professional?
2: Um, I think it's just, for me, from, from the things that I were able to pull from the game, that's allowed me to just transfer into the professional realm is just the mindset. Um, you know, just from whether it's, you know, getting yourself prepared um, whether that's waking up a lot earlier than everyone else, um, you know, staying after, you know, and doing certain things. So it's the same thing that you can carry over into whether it's your personal life and the relationships you're trying to build, or whether it's, um, you know, different ways that you're trying to help scale your business, or whether it's um, ways that you're trying to become a better as an athlete, ways that you're trying to become better as a person, right? It's the same. The same same type of principle, right? You have to kind of put the time in. Um, you have to wake up a little bit earlier, right? You have to stay after a little bit later, edit it, whatever it is you're trying to pursue um, and, and, and kind of apply those same methods. So one of the things is just that work ethic. Um, I've heard, you know, I've heard some people say that, you know, with athletes, it's when people, when, when things get tough um, for people, uh, sometimes, you know, athletes have that um, advantage that, you know, we have that that mindset that when things get tough, we double down, right? Whether it's doubling down on um, I'm finishing and completing a workout, whether it's doubling down on a goal, whether it's doubling down on a, you know, trying to continue to build a relationship. So um, that's one of the things that I think that, uh, one of the things, aspects I know that has translated from the field into what I do um, today, just doubling down on whatever the circumstances and finding a way to uh, get through it.
1: Yeah, you're definitely going and making unrealistic goals reality. And that's something a lot of people struggle with in their life is they see a vision that they wanna do, but they don't have the facilities to get to that goal. And, I mean, you, you've been through a lot of adversity in, in, throughout your entire life. I, I mean, uh, watching your house burn down is, is something that a lot of people don't come back from, both economically and mentally. And, I mean, you've been able to bounce back in your career. You played college football and went on to play in the NFL. But now, after your career, you're, you're working with student athletes, I, I would sit here and try and characterize it myself, but I'm sure nobody can characterize what you're doing better than you can yourself. So what exactly is it that you're doing nowadays? And how has that affected not only you, but the people you're working with as well?
2: That's good. So what I do now, um, and just, you know, and again, more so my story of the way that I was exited out of the league, right. It wasn't on my own terms. So um, you know, undergoing three in- season-ending injuries on the right side of my body, three seasons in a row, um, after really never having any injuries in my career, um, it really put me in a at a, at a rough place, right? Mentally, um, physically, um, spiritually, every at every single level, every single aspect of my life. So once I was able to, you know, you know, really just allow myself to get off of that situation, you know, just really tapping into myself again spiritually, um, and, and and being able to bounce back and have go through that go through moment. Um, it allowed me to then you know, understand, okay, I could use the same gifts and talents that allowed me to get to um, the NFL, um, but I could teach other athletes you know, how to you know, be prepared for that transition so that they could you know, you know, lessen the, um, the, the curve, right? And, and lessen the struggles that you know, I might've had transitioning out of the league. Um, they could be able to you know, be, you know, have the tools and have the things that they need to have in order to you know, plan ahead for those struggles. Um, that, that they're going to have some of those challenges that, that they're going to have, whether that's at the high school level transitioning out from sports, college level, or after you know your career. So helping them be prepared for that through different tools, um, through my speech, where I, where I go out and give my dive message, which is defining who you are, um, investing into yourself, you know, in, in different aspects of your life, adding value, and then executing right with, with people um, and with systems. So that, going out and giving that message um, and speaking. Um and speeches and keynotes and then you know being able to deliver that message through a book which just came out um well, back back in December um which is the same principle the dive message um and also using the tools which you know we, you two were able to you know kind of witness and and watch how I use the tool to help athletes and coaches understand hey these are the different qualities that you already possess you know whether it's you know on the field whether it's in the classroom whether it's you know going to you know transitioning out into a different career these are the different qualities that you possess you know, now, you know, exactly how you can be able to not only get into a specific career or, but you know how, you know, the different um, level, right. You know, the different position that's going to probably placate better towards, you know, towards those strengths. And not only with that, right. Professionally moving forward, you know, when you're on your team or you're in that organization, you know, exactly what type of individual you can be to help better that organization or that team. So uh, that's what we do now um, with my company at Value Solutions.
1: Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about the tool that you're talking about so that our viewers get a a better understanding of what exactly you're doing and how it could help? You know, we we at Baxi Banter, we try and give our listeners something every episode. We try and give them some, some note or tidbit that they can take home, digest and maybe help them in their mindset, in their day and somehow. So how does your tool embody that mentality and and what can it do for our
2: viewers so the tool is, is a disc assessment right um and it's not it's been around for hundreds of years um and to help you know people understand more so their you know their preferences as far as their characteristics and their traits right um but more so specifically it, it's better to help people um when it comes to being whether it's with organizations um whether it's personal development um, you know, understanding again, these are the the strengths that I possess, right? Because I, we all have different strengths, we all have different preferences. These are the strengths that I possess. These are some of the areas where I'm limited, and the areas where you know you're you're strong at, right? It's now we're, we're trying to figure out ways where we can have a stack and build off of those areas, right? In um, the areas where you're limited, um, you know, it's trying to figure out a system or it's figuring out people that can help you kind of um, make sure that you're, you're 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 checking off those blind spots, right? In those limited areas. Um, and again, it's all breaking down off of the different behaviors that we all possess, whether that's you know, being people-oriented um, and being a little more introverted about it, whether that's being people-oriented and being extroverted, right? Whether that's being task-oriented and being introverted about it, or that's being task-oriented and being extroverted, right? Um, it's understanding, okay, um, am I people-oriented? Yes or no, right? Am I task-oriented? Yes or no? And then how do I show that? Do I show that in an extroverted way, right, as being a pilot, being driven, or am I a little bit more introverted with, with when it comes to being tasked and I'm just rather not anybody hear me and kind of get tasked on that way, right? Am I the person that is, you know, people oriented and, you know, outward and, and life at a party? Or am I the people oriented person that is, you know, more supportive, right? Might not necessarily have to say it too much, but I'm just there for you, right? So understanding, okay, which one of these do I kind of have a preference for? And then um, let me put myself in positions to where I can, placate towards those strengths, right? Because that way I'm, I'm not necessarily as stressful. I'm not um, feeling like I'm out of position. I'm not feeling like I need to go get another job or pursue another career, right? I feel as though I'm right in where, where my strengths are. and Maybe some of the areas where I'm challenged in that, in, in that area, I can now find people or I can put systems in place um, to help me overcome some of those challenges. So again, it, it goes off of um, my story of really how, I, how hard it was for me to transition, right? Because I didn't necessarily understand that, hey, um, you know, I'm very task-oriented, Right. Um, I also, I, you know, I also love people, but I, I you know, I don't necessarily show it um, in a in a very, you know, out, outward way, right? Extroverted way. I'm, I'm more so like a supportive way or um, just making sure that I, you know, you can see it more through my actions. So it's it's me understanding, even in myself, okay, now when I want to connect with people or even when it's with the business, right? I need to have people on my team that are a little bit more outward when it shows that they care for people, right? Um, I, I have systems in place, even in my own life, to where it's like, okay, I need to follow up with this individual, you know, X amount of days after we have this meeting or, you know, making sure that I can play, you know, hey, uh, sometimes, you know, you know, just making sure that I can be a little bit more um, understanding or outward towards, you know, how they might receive information or, you know, certain things that might um, make them a little bit more emotionally connected, right? So not just always understanding, oh, you know, this is my strength and this is the areas where I need to stay in, but also placating to where how other people like to receive information and communicate. So um, it's I use it, not only is it used in, in business, but also in personal life and I believe it's a great tool to help student athletes and coaches really understand you know how they can really maximize different areas of their life as they transition um, throughout their careers and then more specifically through the next levels of you know their life.
0: Yeah, And before we follow up with any other questions, can you tell uh, the people where they can find you and the services that you provide? Because I'm sure that a lot of people could really use that in their own personal but also professional growth.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um you can definitely find me at my website. so it's, uh Justin brown um you can also find me on um, instagram at justin brown uh, justin uh, excuse me uh, justin brown underscore vs um and you can also find me on instagram uh, excuse me twitter justin brown um, underscore vs and um as well as on facebook justin brown and then linkedin justin brown
0: all right. So let's move on. So you said that a big part is the interpersonal relationships that you can make. And that's regardless of if you are introverted, extroverted, There, it's still a very important role in the process. As a, a pr- former professional NFL player, you've actually been able to have very unique relationships with your teammates that a lot of people don't even get a, a chance to see or to experience themselves. Can you talk about some of those personal uh, friendships and relationships you made with some of your former teammates, coaches, or anyone involved in, in that sphere?
2: Yeah, I think that's uh, that's unique, right? Because I know, um, you know, as you continue to transition, whether it's from high school to college and then college professional, it's, it's a lot harder to build those genuine unique relationships um, because it, the, the further you transition up, the more business it is um, or business like it is. Right. So um, even at the college level, you're tra- you can transfer from one school to another and you have to kind of, you know, uh, you know, Um, form those type of relationships so um i i will say that i have a lot of relationships in college from the college teams that i played on whether it's penn state and oklahoma um that a little bit more deeper than the ones that i kind of generated or generated in the nfl now there are a lot of people that are a few people that um i was able to follow up on that when i started out with them with the steelers um that i was able to follow up on with um, but, you know, like I said, well, in the NFL, it's more so business, right? You, you lose tabs on some people because it shows, you know, you're, you're in your own career. They're in their career. They have lives going on. Um, but it was always something where, like, you always respected each and every single individual, um, you know, that you, you play with, that you laced up with, because whether it was a situation to where they were um, in, in your, your locker mate one day and then they were gone tomorrow, you had a respect for the, the fact that they were able to kind of get to that point, position with you, that you shared that space. Um, so of course you stay, you know, connected with them on social media, um, you know, and just, you know, reaching out and whatnot, but, you know, once you get to those levels, it's kind of hard to really stay, um, as connected, like you have relationships that, you know, as far as where maybe you were being mentored or someone that was kind of, kind of teaching you the ropes with, where a lot of different vets that I could, you know, point out. Um, but, you know, as far as we're generating genuine relationships after the game off the field, um, it, it was a lot, lot, lot different. Right. Um, so I, I know that th- hopefully that answers your question, but, um, to kind of just make that connection there were it was more so um people that were in the college level um that I had genuine relationships with um than the, the professional
1: now I find this very interesting because I've been a lifelong Steelers fan my my entire life from, from birth I've followed the team and when I saw that we had an opportunity to speak to a former player from the team we we jumped on it I was ecstatic I, I was what what can we learn more? What can I learn more and Steelers fans learn more about the organization in general? And you came in to the, to the league at a very interesting time where the Steelers were kind of just turning the corner again. Uh, the the killer bees were kind of being born. Uh, can, can you talk about that a little bit about the dynamic of that team? Because Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, uh, that offense was starting to take shape and you, you were a part of that offense as well. So, um, can you can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was like you said, it was a um, it was a good time. Um, I know, like my 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 rookie year, I didn't I didn't really uh, travel, right? I wasn't on the, the actual active roster. But my second year, um, being on active um, and, and having you know, like you said, Le'Veon was going into his second year. Um, you know, Ben was you know peaking at his prime. You know, AD was you know AB, um, Emmanuel Sanders. You know, Jericho Cottry. Lance Moore, um, all all those different guys, you know, were, and then you had Davis Bryant, right? So, um, you know, uh, Marcus Wheaton, right? So it was a lot of different uh, receivers that were that were very very talented, right? Derrick Moore was on the team as well, um. So it was a lot of receivers that were talented, very talented team overall. Um, just that offensive firepower, man. It was, it was, you know, it was phenomenal just to be a part of, um, and contribute, um, you know, with with the you know phenomenal room of talent like that, um. But, yeah, I mean, it was just phenomenal to be a part of that team at that time. You know, a lot of success. They put up, put up a lot of numbers um, that, that year. Um, and, and, unfortunately, they, you know, we got bumped out of the playoffs early. But, um, again, like you said, playing, you know, watching that every day in practice, right? A.B., his work ethic, you know, just seeing, you know, the talents, how talented, you know, Martavis was and, um, you know, watching Le'Veon go to work every single day. You know, that was just, a, you know, a, a treat in itself, right? Being able to take the field with those type of players.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, one of your former teammates uh, in Antonio Brown, he just uh, ended up winning the Super Bowl with the Buccaneers. So there's always been sort of a narrative around him in particular. Um, I think that's just what happens when you're so talented and at such a high level of the game. How was he, maybe not the way that the media portrays him, but in the locker room, what kind of presence was that, especially for you playing the same position as him, as, you know, a veteran presence, uh, can you talk about that relationship that you were able to have even in your uh, few years with the team?
2: Yeah, um, I mean, with, between my relationship and AB, I mean, he always was just open arms, right? Like he was always just trying to figure out a way to help the younger guy or somebody that just came into the league, right? With anybody, so he was one of the per- one of the you know veterans that you know told me to come with him to you know train in Miami, right? Told me to come with him and and, 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 hey, come train with me when I come back out to Pittsburgh. I hit you up and we can get working. So he was always trying to, you know, uh, just shed shed gems, right? Shed knowledge on how you know you could become a better player yourself, um, and and become even better personally as well. Um, He's one of the individuals that challenged me uh, one after one of the hardest workouts um, that we went through, right? I'm talking about we pushed the sled about seven times, went to the football field, sacked with like 45 pounds weights. you know, ran about, ran over, you know, 20, 30 routes, uh, you know, did everything, right? And then at the end, called the ball over 200 times. And at the end of the workout, we go back to his house, chef preparing a meal. And he asked me, he's like, JB, like, who are you? So he, and, and I just told him I'm a football player, right? Because I'm like, all right, here we are. This is the, the best player in the league at the time, best receiver in the league. It was like him and Julio between like 1A and 1B. And he's asking who I was, right? And I'm like, my I'm football player. And then he says, you know, don't let this game do that to you. Um, you know, you're more than an athlete. So that was the first time that somebody was like, hey, you know, you, you have to understand, you know, that you're, you know, you're more than outside of this game. And then shortly after that, I suffered three season ending injuries in a row. And now I'm back at home on the couch. I'm, you know, I can barely walk up and down the stairs and, and literally now that conversation is being replayed like, you know, who are you? Who are you? So that really played into, you know, what I try to do today, right? And helping other athletes understand kind of who they are outside of the game. Um so that they're prepared better for those transitions. Um, And that's one of the things that I share, like, yo, that's, this is the guy that helped me, you know, kind of understand, okay, I need to be more prepared, more so off the field than it is on the field. Um, So he's one of the people that, you know, like I said, really helped, whether it was professionally on the field, helping me understand um, how to become a better, you know, better pro, get to that level. Also just triggering certain um, gen, certain seeds onto like, Hey, this is, you know, what also you should think to, you know, off of the field. So when people ask me questions about AB or, you know, regardless of what, you know, certain things that he made, you know, public to, you know, people to understand and learn about a situation, it's always been, you know, I, regardless of what somebody else might say, like, I, I can only tell you what he did, you know, my interactions with him um, and, uh, you know, what, how he helped me, you know, whether it was professionally or personally.
1: Yeah. Can you can you talk about how he also helped you professionally? Like, I, I know you, you spent um, just a short amount of time on the team, but um you know, how Antonio Brown helped you while, while you were playing football in mastering your craft and trying to be the best player that you could possibly be?
2: Yeah, uh, so that's a great question. Um, it was literally just, well, for one, he was putting his, his work on display every day, right? So he's teaching you how to work because he's the first one on the field or he's the last one to leave or he's the one taking a regular catch and in individual drills and finishing all the way through the end zone, right? Like every single rep, he's finishing all the way through. Right, so he's one of the only ones on the field doing that. Right, he's the one uh, <laughs> having 50-pound weight vests on, doing a walkthrough. Right, running things full speed. So he's teaching you how to practice. He's teaching you how to work, how to approach the game every day, just by his actions. But then, like I said, it went to um, you know the different tips he would probably he would give you during practice, the different tips he would give you um, in the film room, different tips he would give you you know in, in the cafeteria about you know taking care of your body, um, and then even inviting you and saying, hey come come work with me like come come to miami come to florida come come here with me and we'll work together um so i can help you on that aspect so um like i said somebody like him and, and that's one of the things about the Steelers. is like all the vets were like that there weren't any vets that were you know just worried about okay you're the younger guy might be possibly coming to take my spot it was more so this is a different this is a different organization and it's really focused on um you know iron sharpens iron um everybody understanding that they're gonna come in and work and contribute. And focus on bringing a Super Bowl, in. Um, and it started from the leadership, from the, owner, from the owners um, down to the, to the, you know, the, the front office, and to, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin, and then down to the players. So that's one. It's a unique organization. Um, I was only able, you know, I was fortunate to just really spend my time with the Steelers, and the Bills. Um, but I, I immediately saw the difference. You know, no disrespect to the Bills, but I immediately saw the difference um, in just that, right, in, in, in organization, um, from when I went to the Steelers to the Bills. Um, because just the culture from, like I said, the leaders on the team to um, front office, you know, it was just different, right? So, you know, when you talk and then you, you realize, you know, how people really model their organizations off of the Steelers, right, off the Patriots, off those type of organizations that have that type of success, you know, with um, not only on the field, but the people that they bring in um, and just the people that they hire, right? They have a different way, right? they do it differently than the rest of the NFL. So... Um, getting back on the question about AB, you know, it was a lot of different veterans like that that were able to help you, um, a younger guy, not only professionally, right, but also, um, you know, personally as well, right, and different things that you wanted to do.
0: Yeah, so on this show, we've been very blessed to be able to talk with so many professional athletes, uh, share stories like yourselves, and also about, like, the highest talent in the league, the, the biggest workers, and they all have a lot in common. It's kind of like you were talking about Antonio Brown. I'm sure it's a lot of the other vets in that locker room as well, the uh, first to show up, the last to leave, um, yeah. always giving 110%. It, it's kind of interesting how no matter what team, no matter what sport even, the highest performers all share a lot of the similar characteristics. Can you talk about how that, that translates really, not just on the field, because it's so easy to see someone's production on the football field, but also off the field, how the same Habits can translate into success in any place in the in work, in professional, uh, in a personal, whatever it might be.
2: Yeah, uh, and, and that's a great that's a great question or a great point you make, Sam, because I didn't realize how much people model, um, whether it's business organizations, um, to nonprofits, like different things that they try to get done after, uh, like a famous coach, right or a famous organization, right, um, or a famous NFL team, or how Mike Tomlin. But now that I'm in this space, to where, you know, I, I'll speak to a CEO, right? I'll speak to an executive, and they want to hear the stories of what was Mike Tomlin's strategy, right? What were certain things that he did when you guys were, you know, it's the first quarter of the season and you're two and four, right? Or you're two, you're one and three, right? You're the last in AFC. How did he get? How did he get your team to, you know, turn that around? How what was the mindset? what Was the culture? And then I'm realizing, okay, not only are those stories to extract from from that experience, but there's stories to extract from, you know, Oklahoma or with Penn State and those different situations. And people want to, and high level execs, they want to hear about that because they know that there's principles in that to help them overcome, you know, certain sales challenges, right? Keeping their team, keeping their organization together when, you know, during COVID, right? Um, So that's when you start, like I said, when, it, it took some time for me to kind of get out of it and then once I kind of got out of it and people started to ask you to speak or ask you to train and ask you to use a tool to help them um, kind of overcome those things and they hear those stories you know that's when you start to realize that there's value when you're in those spaces so There's value um, from those meetings from those organizations in that culture right because then you start to realize that a lot of different cultures a lot of different um, organizations they want that same model they want that same look right especially the fact that now everything is virtual and Esports sports and everything so everybody's doing fantasy everybody's keeping up with every organization now they want to know they want to go in depth they want to understand the story they want to understand why nick saban is so why is he, why he keeps getting success right well because he can he can hire and he recruits the best people to come play for him so then what what makes him such a great person to get you know the top eight type people to come and work underneath him there's something in that right so a lot of executives they want to understand what it is that like what's the schedule why is it how is it so structured they don't realize that you meet multiple times. There's a meeting before every meeting, right? Um, from the time that you wake up, you know, how structured that is because they understand that if I can model this and pass this down to my organizations, we, we will have a, a similar version of success in what we do in, in our industry. So that's the comparisons um, that, that I've been able to disconnect um, in my short time being out of the NFL. Yeah, and, and you
1: know, the Steelers kind of, are a landmark team they're, they're one of the most winning teams in NFL history and they, they found success in all levels of football so if, if we're gonna talk about that a little bit more we can we can assess kind of the the periods of the Steelers. And, and maybe I could get your your reaction to and your thought process about how things went down when kind of like that dynasty that we were accustomed to growing up that you played for um, kind of, went south a little bit with the Antonio Brown drama, uh, Le'Veon Bell holding out. And how, how do you, from a player's perspective, because I, I, I'm very curious to see, how do you look at that from, you're already not with the team anymore. Those are your former teammates. How do you look at that kind of situation and how it unfolded?
2: Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, uh, I think when uh, Le'Veon held out, I think that might've been like a year or two after I've, you know, I've been released. So it was, I mean, to watch it, you know, you all, everybody always knew the potential, right? You knew the fire, offensive firepower. You knew how the defense was, you know, getting better and better, um, especially like with the young talent they had. I you know Brian Shazier when he was healthy and, you know, the different young talent that they had. Um, so you knew the potential. So then to see how, you know, it wasn't necessarily able to get, um, to stick together, right? it was because of the back end, um, it was hard to watch. But, you know, at the same time, you respect, you know, you understand and you respect each and every single player's position, um, regardless of what end of the spectrum it was on, um, whether, whether, you know, regardless of how it was, you know, personally or how it was with the business on the contract side, right? You respect that because, um, you know, especially being a, a player, you understand, you can, you understand both, right? Both ends and where, you know, both sides could kind of, you know, where, where they were coming from, um, especially when it comes to the business side. So um, it was hard to watch. I mean, like I said, you, you just, you think about the receivers on that team, um, and I just think about the receivers that I played with on that team. And even when I left, I was like, man, that's, they still have the offense. I and mean, they have a firepower, you know, with Le'Veon and they had Martavis and they had, um, you know, they had, I think they had Wheaton still and then they had AB, you know, so they still had enough um, to be able to, you know, uh, do a lot of great things, right? So not to the fact that it wasn't able to happen, you know, um, it just goes to show you, you know, how, how hard it is to keep a lot of great phenomenal players, how hard it is to be able to win at a high level, Um you know and they continue to kind of stay progressing in that manner
1: 100% 100% i'm sorry we lost sam he he's yeah about to say just yeah. came, got out on him. <laughs> All good,
2: he's though.
1: he's recording from outside because uh, his fiance is doing some uh online therapy at home so okay. uh he needed to get some space outside but um i hopefully he'll join back if not we're wrapping up soon anyways but just be, just before we get off you you were talking about how the NFL kind of, it becomes not, not selfish in a way, but people focus on their careers. You make a, a accomplices on the way, you make friends along the way, but a lot of people focus on what they can do to make their, you know, life after football better, their life during football what? better, all of that. I, I'm i curious about this because I'm, I'm interested in it as well. You played for both the CFL and the NFL, right?
2: Yeah, so I, but I, I never even really played a, an official snap in the CFL because mm-hmm. of my injury.
1: So, like, can you – from the business kind of side of things, how would you say they're different in a way?
2: Um, so, as far as the business side, I mean, the CFL, uh, I, as much as you make right Would you being compensated, that's, that's obviously a difference. Um, you can tell because of the – I guess the notoriety of the sport in Canada – is, is a lot um, by less than how it is for, you know, uh, football in the States, excuse me. So, I mean, you can kind of tell how that plays into, I guess, you know, the, the resources that you have, um, the facilities, right? Um, you know, where you're playing, things of that nature. And then, you know, like I said, it, you know, it definitely hits as far as, you know, how, how much you're being compensated, you know, for those efforts, right? And for what you're doing and what you're producing. So as far as the business side, you know, that's pretty much what it is. There's no bonuses. There's no, well, there's, uh, it's a small amount of people on the, on the team that get like those bonuses or get those yep. contracts. Yep. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just a lot. I mean, you just, it's a, it's a I don't want to kind of call it the, I'm, 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 trying to be respectful. Um, but yeah, it's just a drop off. You can tell it's a drop off from the NFL, you know, to, you know, the, the Canadian league or arena or any other type of league outside the NFL. Um, similar to what, you know, the MLB or, you know, to an NBA or something like that.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, I want to thank you so much for taking the time today to speak with both Sam and myself. We really appreciate all that you've shared with us, shared with our audience, and we, we're going to share this with everybody. So tell the people one more time where they can find you and how they can get in contact with you.
2: Yeah, again, you can find me. Um, I'm, I'm on Instagram. I'm at Brown underscore VS. Um, I'm on Facebook at Justin Brown, LinkedIn, Justin Brown. Uh, my website is VS.com. And again, if that's this way you can get in touch with me. I'm also on Twitter at Brown underscore VS. So I appreciate you all y'all having me on. Um, and, and again, reach out to me, get in touch with me. Um, if you definitely, you know, have some uh, need for my services.
1: 100%, 100%. Make sure to go check him out. Make sure to go. Hit him up for his services. You already know they're the best in the business. They're the best in the industry. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for joining Backseat Carpool Banter. This has been another episode where Sam and I break down Justin Brown's career. Thank you so much.
2: Appreciate it, man. Take it easy.